Well, I feel kind of strange this morning. I um, decided to go against my 20 Aloha shirts that I could choose from. And I wore a plain blue shirt. And I'm driving to church and I'm like, I don't feel that right. And I realized for the past six months, it's been six months, which is crazy. The past six months, I've been wearing Aloha shirts. And, and uh, so now I have a Mainlander shirt on. <laughs> so don't be hating on me, okay? I still like the flowers and the Hawaiian stuff. I just saw this in the closet and it says, you haven't worn me in a while. And I put it on. So we okay? But I got delay, so I am Hawaiian. Aloha. <laughs> Hey, so how many of you, when you ask the question and the greeting, have you ever been lost? You really had a story where you were lost. Two, three, four, five. Any other honest people? Six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, see, here's what happens. It just takes one person to admit it. Then everyone's like, okay, I'm not the only one. And then their hand went up. So I'm right there with you. When I got my driver's license... I got it the day I turned 16. How many of you got your driver's license the day you turned 16? All right. How many the day you turned 15 because you're at a different age bracket? Yeah, I found that out on Friday night. How about 14? <laughs> That's amazing. All right. How many just started driving like at 12 or 13 because you could? What type of people do we have in this church here? Rule breakers, oh my gosh, I love you even more now. So, so I got my driver's license, and my mom and dad had the 1993 Ford Taurus station wagon. I was 16, just got my license, and I said, let's take all of our friends to the beach. And when you go to the beach, it's like a 45-minute drive to the beach, which is like you're right next to it in mainland terms, which would be like an all-day outing here in Hawaii. So, so because if you, if you can't walk to the beach, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to go. <laughs> so, so I, I was, uh, got all my friends piled in the station wagon. You know, the station wagon where the two back seats face the cars coming in. So they see you, you see the car coming to hit you. Yeah. Great design there. So we're driving, we go to the beach. We had a blast. We had so much fun. Like it was just amazing. I don't remember what we did, but I'm sure it was amazing. So Night comes, and we should probably start heading back. Now, I'm 16. I have never been good with directions in my life. Not until Siri came around. Siri has solved my navigational, navigational challenges. So, back then, I didn't have a TomTom. I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have any of that stuff, right? Back in the day. So, here we are driving back home. And everyone thought, hey, it would be cool to fall asleep and let Brian drive home. That's never a good idea. I mean, now it's a good idea. But I'm driving, and all of a sudden, an hour goes by, and I'm like, man, I thought we'd be home by now. Just driving, looking back, people are snoring, you know. And I'm like, all right, two hours go by. Now, I'm at the point where I know I'm lost, but I'm also at the point where I can still find my way home without my friends realizing that we're lost. Because I don't want to wake up my buddies and say, hey, um, we're lost. Uh, can you help me get home? Because you know what happens as high schoolers. You're going to get made, I'll get made fun of the rest of the time. So I'm like, I'm going to keep driving. <laughs> Three hours. And all of a sudden people start waking up. Where are we? 
where are we? And I said, honestly, I don't know. But all I knew is we were running out of gas. And the, 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 it was on E, you know, the light comes on, so we had to go to a gas station. I go to a gas station, and I use a payphone that you use all the time back then, and I called my dad. Dad, we're lost. Where are you? I don't know. Any parents have those calls and you just want to smack your kid? Yeah, so that was probably my, my, my situation, you know. And it wasn't like my dad could track my phone or anything like that. You know, you know what it was like. So I'm like, Dad, listen, uh, we're lost. I think we're in a town called Selmar, which is like, I don't know. So we're getting gas. He goes, okay. We kind of figure out where we were and then we ended up on our way back. So we're on my way back. And then three hours there. Three hours back, a couple other detours. By the time we got home, it was an eight-hour trek. Eight-hour trek. And, and this is true. Like, it's not like, oh, it was four hours. No, it was eight hours to get home. When I got home that night, which is about probably midnight, I got out of the car and I kissed the ground, the driveway, which I don't ever recommend because there's oil on the driveway. But, but I got lost. So I'm, here I am, you know, my friend's trusted me because they're 16 as well to drive and I couldn't figure out where to go. The beauty is that as we talk about in life, we have a couple choices. One is we could get behind somebody who's not really the, the best with kind of guidance and all that, or we could get behind the Lord who guides and directs our steps. And so we're talking today about God who has always been the God, the creator of all things, who says, hey, I will guide you. I will direct your steps. And so our challenge and our promise today is that God will guide us. He doesn't leave us to our own devices, but he is there with us. So Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to just look at these two verses, verses 5 and 6. And we're going to really just get into these two verses there, really to kind of, you know, dissect it a little bit and see what they mean to us. And hopefully as we leave, we'll leave with the encouragement that God will guide us. Whether you get lost driving home or not, he will still guide you. And by the way, I don't get lost going home anymore. Because I got one street and one turn, and that's it. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. Say, trust in the Lord. <laughs> trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight straight. This is a phenomenal passage because in this passage we are told, one, what to do, then we're told what not to do, and then we're told what to do. So it's kind of like the good news, the bad news, the good news type, type scenario. And so we have this promise of God guiding us, and here's how he could, he could do this. So he says, first, we must trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. In fact, the Bible says that without trust or without faith, it is impossible to please God. We read that in Hebrews. So the foundation of following and being a follower of Jesus is actually our trust in Jesus. 
Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. That's the foundation of the Christian faith, that we trust in what Jesus has done for us. We trust that he loves us. We trust that he died for us, and we put our trust, we put our faith in Jesus. And so, for some, we, that's hard. When we talk about putting trust in things or putting our faith in the Lord, it's hard. But if we think about it in a different way, we put our faith in things all the time. When we're driving and there's a green light, we have trust that those opposing lights are red. Think about it. When, when we decide to turn 50 or 60, I think Roy Lawson told this story. He wanted to go jumping off a plane. Is that right? I think I, think I remember Roy Lawson talking about that story. He was trusting that that parachute would open. And it did, thank the Lord. And, and we use faith and trust every single day. We go home. We trust our home's going to be there. I don't know if that's really a good analogy or not, but you know what I mean. We use trust and we use faith all the time. What Jesus requires of us and what, we, what he wants from us is he wants our heart. He wants our full devotion. He wants us to say, yes, you are who we need. And so there are amazing things about the Lord. And the good news is that he can be trusted. And when we come to the point that we recognize that Jesus is our Savior, then he starts working and moving within our lives. And it's an exciting, exciting experience. And no matter where you are in your faith, if you are a, a mature believer, if you're new to the faith, if you're here just checking out what church is all about, the beauty is this, is that Jesus meets you where you are. And, and if we come to the Lord with a humble heart, willingness to learn, we will grow, we will, we will mature, and he will mold us, and he will make us to be more and more like him. And so as we look through the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is about two ways of life. Number one, it's the way of wisdom. Number two, it's the way of foolishness. And lots of people, what they'll, what, what they'll do is they'll read a chapter a day because it's 31 chapters. And by the end of the month, you have the book of Proverbs completed. It's, it's a, a way of a, you know, reading wisdom every single day. And to just get the word of God in our soul, which is so important. And the choice we have as followers of Jesus, the choice we have as just human beings, is we could choose wisdom or we could choose foolishness. And we all have chosen both at different times. We could talk about times in our lives when we have chosen the way of foolishness. And if we were to talk story here for a little bit about our crazy stories of foolishness, man, we've done some silly things, haven't we? How many of y'all done some crazy things in life? Yeah, okay, see, all it takes is one hand and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's me too. The choice is ours, the way of foolishness or the way of wisdom. So, so the trust, here's the way of wisdom. The way of wisdom is to know the Lord. So to trust the Lord with all of our hearts means we bet our lives on God's truth and wisdom. I'll say that again. To trust in the Lord with all of our hearts means we bet our lives on God's truth and wisdom. 
The second step Solomon gives us to know God's direction is to lean not on your own understanding. The idea of leaning is close to trust, and it suggests that what you lean on is how you support yourself. So a physical example would be this this coffee table here, or whatever it's called. I know if I lean on this with my 240 pounds of pure muscle. <laughs> why y'all laugh? <laughs> that it's going to hold me up for a little bit. But I know if I keep doing this, because it might look sturdy out there, but it's really not that sturdy, that it's going to fall and I'm going to fall on my face and then, then, then this is going to go viral like pass or fails all over the internet, you know. But, but, but this is not the most sturdy thing to, to lean on. So when we're talking about leaning, um, not on our own understanding, um, it, it doesn't mean that, that we don't use our minds to reason, but when we talk about leaning, we got to lean on something that is trustworthy. This table is not the most trustworthy thing to lean on. What is or who is the one who is the most trustworthy that we could lean on? Now, when we lean on the Lord and not relying on our own understanding, it is not communicating that we don't use our minds. In fact, the Bible says that we're to love God with all of our minds. The Bible says renew your minds. God gave us our minds to be critical thinkers. I teach a class, uh, online class at Hope International University called Christian Worldviews, in which I get to challenge students' presuppositions. I get to challenge their theological worldview. I get to challenge why they think they, what they do about God, about the world, about humanity, and, and because I want them to think, and I tell them at the beginning of the class, and I have them write this paper, like, why do you believe what you do? At the beginning of class, they write this, and I said, now, you don't need to change your beliefs at all, you know, because they're all believers in the class about certain theological issues. I said, I just want you to be able to critically think about why you believe what you do about those. So when the course is done, then I have them write that same paper, but that's their, their final big paper that they have to write to kind of talk about, do they hold those same beliefs? And if they do, why? If they don't, why? Because we've got to be critical thinkers. We've got to think through these things that we believe. So when it says leaning not on your own understanding, it's not saying don't use our minds. As believers, we should always be learning. We should always be reading. We should always be studying. We should always be learning because that's what God has called us to do. God created us with the ability to think and to reason and discern, and we should, we should do that. But here's the point. We are not to rely on our own ingenuity. This is a temptation of humankind. We say, Lord, I can figure this out on my own. Or we have this attitude, I don't need to learn anything. I have it all figured out. That's a dangerous position to be in because we're not relying on God and the gifts that he has given us. When, when we lean on our own understanding, we're saying, God, we don't need you. Think about the example of Adam and Eve. That's what they did. They knew they weren't supposed to eat from the fruit of the tree of good and evil, of knowledge of good and evil. But what happened? They said, oh, this looks like a good idea to us. And there's more to it than that. But they took the fruit, 
And they're like, chomp, chomp. <laughs> and then sin entered the world and changed everything. Why? Because they relied on their own understanding. They leaned on their own understanding and changed the entire world as we know it. Proverbs 28, 26. You can just write this verse down. He who trusts himself is a fool. Proverbs 28, 6. He who trusts himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. We need to be men and women who are able to trust God with all of our hearts. Now, sometimes that is very difficult and challenging depending on our background and depending on what has happened to us in life. And like I said earlier, God meets us where we are. And that's the beauty. Wherever we are, God meets us. And so wherever we are, let's take that step to say, Lord, I want to trust you fully. I want to trust you with everything. And let's see what God does in and through us. So the point is no matter how smart we may be or how successful we are or how much we've experienced, we do not know more than God. And the smartest thing we can do is not to rely on our own ingenuity, but to trust the Lord. The third step we're given to know God's will in this passage, to know God's direction, is in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledging God in all of our ways means we cultivate the habit of letting God guide our every action. And that's easier said than done. Just like most of living for Jesus, it's easier said than done. Jesus says, you know, take heart, you know, you're going to have troubles in this world, but, but I've overcome this world. But how do we acknowledge God in everything? Last year, when, when Kaz took a year off of working at the church that she was a pastor at, I, um, I had the privilege, <laughs> privilege, I had the privilege, privilege of, of, of moonlighting a second job where I was driving for Uber and Lyft. So on Fridays, from 4, 5 p.m., I drive until about midnight, 1 a.m., something like that, to bring in extra money. Now, but then I realized very quickly that this really became a massive mission field because I met people driving for Uber and Lyft that I never would have met in a million years. There's so many different types of people I met. I can't even say it from stage because it would be, like, inappropriate. And like that's, like, for reals, too. And so... The people I met were the most interesting and crazy people. And I picked up the people on the Friday nights <laughs> in Southern California, going to the clubs and the bars. And we had some amazing conversations. And actually, if you want to read about I wrote an article about in Relevant Magazine. Just Google Brian Sands, Uber, Relevant Magazine, something like that. And it'll, it'll come up. And you could, you could read some, uh, I think I talk about three or four different stories in it, but, but hopefully it'll and, and encourage you. Or if you zone out during this message, just Google on your phone and read it now. <laughs> not that anybody would ever do that. And not that someone told me that Friday night that they did that. So, <laughs> because they did. So, 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 so I was driving and then I realized, what is a way I could acknowledge, acknowledge God? And what I started doing, not every time, because sometimes I'm like, I just want to get my, my shift done and get home and go to bed because then I had to wake up early and do, you know, the family thing. And so, so, so I, I'd pray for people, my, my, my fares, <laughs> as they came. 
And, and so I knew I was picking up Bob, right? So here I am driving. I'm going to pick up Bob. I'm like, Lord, be with me as I enter into conversation with Bob. Open up doors for your love to be seen. And then, and then I would just go and let the conversation flow and see what happened naturally. And then when, he, when they left, I would pray for them. Sometimes I'd pray for them in the car on a few occasions, but usually they'd leave and I'd pray for them. So, so oftentimes I'd pray beforehand for them and then I'd pray after, you know, for them as well. That was one way for me that I could acknowledge God and what I was doing. I, I didn't want to drive for Uber and Lyft. I'm glad that I did. It was out of necessity because when you have two full-time incomes, one income, full-time income goes away. You got to figure out something, right? So I started doing that, and it was an amazing experience. But how I started acknowledging the Lord was, was in that. So the question is, is that's just an example that, that I did. What can you do? What else can we do to acknowledge God in every area of our lives? At work, at home, with your family, with those people that annoy you? How can we acknowledge God <coughs> in everything? And remember, even when we acknowledge God, he doesn't promise us an easy ride. It's not as if God is, is saying, hey, you acknowledge me, and all of a sudden everything is going to be amazing. No. The point is, is that we acknowledge God whether it is going good or whether life is going bad. So listen to this quote. This promise does not mean that God will necessarily make us healthy, wealthy, and happy. It does not mean that he will make us comfortable, popular, and thin. <laughs> it does not mean that he will satisfy all of our trivial wishes and temporal wants. He will make our path straight means he will give our lives direction, purpose, focus, and fulfillment. God promises us guidance. And as we follow his guidance, we are fulfilled. We stop searching after all these uh, fleeting ways to bring us fulfillment. And we start focusing on the one who will guide our paths in every single way. And we could have the comfort and hope and knowing that when Jesus died and he rose again 40 days later while he was still there, he ascended. And when he ascended, he left with us his Holy Spirit. That those who have come to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us and we are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. That the fact that the power of God, God himself resides within us. And we talk about God guiding us. He is right there with us. We just need to acknowledge that. So let's talk about some ways in how God guides us. There's a primary way, but, but before we get to this primary way God guides us, let's look, about, let's look at some other ways. Very important ways. Prayer. Prayer is asking God to guide us. Prayer is having a conversation with God. And just like in any relationship, the more you nurture that relationship, the better and the healthier it's going to get. Our prayer life with God, if we want to be healthy, we got to do it regularly. And we got to be consistent with it for it to be healthy. Asking God 
you know, and not just talking to God, but, but being in silence and letting him talk to us. If God is in us, lives within us, and he is a living God who created all things, and he's still living today, which he is, he has always been, he wants to talk to you, and we need to slow down and listen to the voice of God. God also guides us through the counsel of others. When we surround ourselves with wise people, People who have been through the trenches, have been through the, the battles and the wars. People who have, who have seen God in the midst of their struggle and have gone out on the other side of it. That is amazing. And these are men and women that are worth talking to and saying, how can, you know, here's what I'm going through. How can you help me? Next week for Palm Sunday. Believe it or not, it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is next weekend. That just blows my mind. And then Good Friday is this Friday. I, and then next week is Easter. But, but, but for next week, we have a guest speaker coming. And his name is uh, Joe Grana. He's, he's one of the deans at Hope International University. I, I, I've known him since I was a student. And he is one of the wisest, most mature people I know. And he is someone that I go to when I need advice, when I need help. And for seven and a half years, as uh, when he's been at the university for, I think, 40 years or so, um, I'd go to him as much as I could just to do life with him and talk to him. And you know what I learned about this man who just turned 70? He is, oh, and I just learned, but every, what it, the cool thing about this man is that he is the most respected person on campus there. You ask anybody who is the most respected person on campus, and his name will always be the top two. That is amazing. And, 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 and another thing that's amazing as we talk about this next series of growing young and, and how do we reach out to all these in different generations, because sometimes we think we're too old. Here's a man who's 70, and you want to know who, who go to him all the time? Students. And not just to talk about why they got a B or C on their paper. Students go to him to talk about life choices, career choices. And then he has students like me who still keep coming back to him, bothering him. Isn't that amazing? He's 70 years old, and he is one of the most respected people on campus, and he's one of the, the faculty members, one of the deans that students come to regularly because they know that he cares, he listens really well, and when they need direction and advice, he's able to give it to them. And, and so he's someone I go to for wise counsel to say maybe God is speaking through him. Who is that person in your life? Who is that Joe Grana in your life? We all need someone like that to help guide us in that direction. God also guides us through circumstances. Sometimes God will open up doors for us. Now be careful with this one. Just because a door opens for us doesn't mean it is God. Like quite literally, if you go to a bank and the vault door is open, God is not saying go take a couple million Unless he's telling you to tithe it and then take it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so but God will open up doors. But we got to use wisdom and whether we should take those opportunities or not. And, uh, and, and so God guides us. He also guides us through spiritual disciplines like study and reading and silence and fasting. And all these other spiritual disciplines, confession and worship. We did a whole series on spiritual disciplines. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to those messages, or you want to kind of get a refresher, always go to our website, kindlykeychristian.org. Go click on resources, 
and then click on resources and just go to, to messages or podcasts, and you can listen to the podcast of it, or you could watch the, the Facebook Live version of it as well. But it's a way to refresh your memory on these spiritual disciplines on how God talks and how God communicates to us. So God speaks through these spiritual disciplines, but the primary way God leads us is through his word. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light, say light, and a light for my path. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God guides us in so many different ways. And the primary way I believe he guides us is through his word. God's word is inspired. They inspired the writers to write the pages that we read. And the more we know God's word, the more his will becomes clear to us. Because here's the bottom line. God has this, what I call this universal will. The universal will of God is what God wants from everybody. Here are some things that God wants from everybody. Here are some passages in scripture. And there's like 8, 9, or 10, or 11 specific things of like, this is what God wants. Ever ask those questions, what does God want from me? Here are some specific things we find in God's inspired word. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why well, you know God's will is to be thankful. Who is one person today we could go to and say, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for that encouraging word. Thank you for being a blessing. Thank you. Who is one person? That is God's will for our life is to be thankful. But not just a one time to have an attitude of thankfulness where we just say, God, thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you that even in the storms, you're there. That's hard to say, but that's where we want to get to. 1 Peter 2.15 for this is the will of God that by doing good you should, be, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. This is the will of God to do good. What's the will of God? To do good. What are some things this week we could do that are good things to do? What are things that we could do that, that are good and bring honor to the Lord? That is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 God's will for you is for you to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. God's will for us is to be faithful in every area. And in our lives, are we being faithful in every area? Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are things that God wants from all of us. And the more we read scripture, the more we realize, ah, this is what God wants from me. And the more we read scripture and the more God is speaking to us, the more we're listening to his voice, the clearer his direction comes in our lives. But first, we got to start with the basics of loving his word, that he's given his word for us, to us, falling in love with it, where we read it and go, man, because Jesus is the living word. And when we read the word and we're in it regularly, whether we understand everything or not, that's okay. Keep reading. Keep pressing on. And then seek these other avenues of how God can connect and communicate with us. And God will 
guide us, and it will become clearer and clearer. And so as the band comes, wherever you are, it is never too late to say, Lord, I trust in you. Wherever you are, it's never too late to say, Lord, I want to hear you more. God meets us where we are, and he takes whatever we're willing to give him. But when we acknowledge God, he will make our paths straight. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. I'm going to read it one more time. This time, let's try something a little different. Close your eyes. And as a way of receiving God's word, just open your palms like this. As a way of saying, Lord, I receive your word this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Amen.